Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, I'm coming to you live from a hotel room at the Talbert Hotel right off Rush Street in downtown Chicago. Great night last night with Benetti, but let's get right to it. Did last night's debates change your minds on anybody for the good or for the bad? Let me tell you what I thought came out of the debates. And I'm going to start with our guy, Ramaswamy. He's apparently a very, very, very legit candidate. Why do I say that? I say that because, well, folks came at him and they came at him hard. No, they came at him hard, which makes him a legit candidate. He's not some guy that has a bunch of people liking him or donor enough to get into the debate. You saw Chris Christie. You saw everybody actually go at him. They called him rookie. They said he has no experience. Uh, Christie compared him to Barack Obama, which actually, ladies and gentlemen, could be helpful because people are still fooled by Barack Obama and his presidency and certainly are afraid to say anything negative about Barack Obama and his presidency. But I'm telling you, that's one thing that came across to me last night. Another thing that came across to me, and I don't know if it's just me getting older. I don't know if it's just me paying attention, but career politicians suck. And I don't include Nikki Haley in this. I don't include Tim Scott in this. I don't. Well, who I include in this is two guys, Chris Christie and Mike Pence. Look, on the UFO question, I thought Christie was terrific. I thought he gave a great off-the-cuff answer. Okay, fine. I don't think Pence did anything but interrupt. I don't think Pence did anything but show himself to be plastic. And I want Pence. Like, look, I'm in Indiana. He worked at the radio station that I worked in. He sat in the same seats that we all sat in. So you're like, hey, that's pretty cool, right? We want this guy. But these two guys, to me, look like exactly, exactly what politicians look like. And I've told you before, I've told you before that I liked Chris Christie when I met him. I did. I've never met Mike Pence, but he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Okay. But they're, they're just bought and paid for politicians. They just are. And I'm not even sure what that means. But what I think it means is see Joe Biden. See Joe Biden and you got what I think it means. Okay, the group wanted to blast Biden. You knew that was coming, right? You, you, you just did. Ramaswamy, on the other hand, blasting Biden, but he also said Donald Trump was the best president in the history of the United States. Now, in that on, like a lot of people are holding that against him. Here's why they're saying, well, he's just parroting Trump and he wants to be in his cabinet, and that's going to usher in the Ramaswamy wave over the next, I don't know, eight to 12 years, maybe so. But I got to tell you, it's an interesting move to make when you are already substantial enough to be on that stage and to have everybody looking at you. Notice I haven't met, uh, mentioned Ron DeSantis. And by the way, John Stuper, former Major League player and Yale baseball coach who coached Ron DeSantis, is going to join us coming up here in a little bit. And we'll talk about him. And Stuper, 
is a guy that is helping with the candidacy, but we have not even talked about DeSantis. See, in my world, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give the fact that DeSantis came right out on Biden and the family business deals. But I'm also going to tell you that's a softball. And I'm curious, as we move through the debates, how people are going to judge the candidates. Are they going to judge the candidates on, are they the anti-Biden? Are they going to judge the candidates on being forthcoming about everything that they are doing? Let me explain. If I were a candidate and I'm seeing what's going on with the Biden presidency, Hunter Biden et al., I would say, look, here's exactly what you're getting with me. Here are my kids. Here are my finances. I would be the most open book I possibly could be. You know, Trump got away with not being, right? He, he didn't show his taxes, made people crazy. But the truth of the matter is we need a guy, if you're going to be that guy and you're going to be Ron DeSantis and you're going to challenge everything that Biden's doing, and I'm glad you are, then you've got to be the after guy. You've got to be the guy that's coming after saying, here I am. We're not going to have this same crap with me. Went to Yale. Here's my finances. Here's my kids. Here's what we're all about. I'm in Florida. I'm not in the Ukraine. I'm not meeting with different folks so that I can make deals for my family. This is who we are. I think we need that as an American people. I do. Now, let me go to something that they brought up, and I'm, I'm going to include Pence in this, because Pence's comment, we don't need a rookie in the White House. We don't bring some, We don't need to bring in someone without experience. See, in most cases, that's true. But what's the experience? Is the experience not knowing what you don't know? Now, think about it. Sometimes you start a job and you do certain things. And then a year later, you look back at what you did and you're like, oh, man, now that I know the company, I can't believe that I did that or I invited those people. So I'm not saying that a, quote, rookie in the White House should happen. It wouldn't happen if we had really good candidates. It wouldn't happen if the guy you're seeing right there, Mike Pence, was a legitimately likable guy with policies that are going to affect positively the American people. That's what I would do if I were Pence. If Christie wasn't a slug, you know, we got some up and comers, but if these guys were legitimate dudes, then you wouldn't even be talking about a rookie in the White House. But we are. And it's where we're at. I thought Ramaswamy said something that we all want to hear, but he's got to prove it. Proving it is important. Ramaswamy said, I'm the only one up here that is not bought and paid for. Prove it. Prove it. Show me where you are not bought and paid for and show me where they are bought and paid for. If you're going to make that allegation about Tim Scott or you're going to make that allegation about Nikki Haley, prove it. Show me what is behind that statement relative to those two. Look, it, Christie's easy. New Jersey governor, are you kidding me? Pence is easy. Former vice president, that's easy. We get that. We do. We, we totally get that. But you, if you can show the American people that the folks I'm running against are, quote, bought and paid for, and you're not, we're in business here. If you can't, then you need to shut the hell up. If you can't, then you need to jump off that. If I were a media person 
And I were going to interview, and I wish we could get Ramaswamy back on. He's probably got too big. But the truth of the matter is, the first thing I would ask him, okay, sir, you're, you're touching on something that is near and dear to us. You're touching on something that maybe could get you elected. Bought and paid for. Let's go down the line. Who? How is Nikki Haley bought and paid for? And if I'm Ramaswamy, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. How is Tim Scott bought and paid for? Here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Now you start, and how are you not? Well, I don't have a super PAC. I don't have this. I don't have that. Okay, great. But you're going to have to show us. I think that's an easy thing to say. I think we're not bought and paid for. I'm not bought and paid for. You know, show me. I think that's a big deal. I do. I, I think that's a really, really, really big deal. All right, Christy went an area where I, I got a little bit like, hmm, where is he going with this? I'm going to read this direct. All right, so Christy said, we've all, I've had enough already of the guy that sounds like a chat GPT standing here. Well, who cares what you've had enough? What an arrogant thing to say. Isn't it? Am I wrong? What an arrogant thing to say. But then he followed it up. The last person in one of these debates, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here? Like, really? That was Barack Obama, Christy said. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur. All right, Christy. Why so? I mean, how easy is that, right? Barack Obama. Vivek Ramaswamy, a weird name, look different. Amateur. Okay, how so? How is this guy like Barack Obama? See, that's what I would like. You know, one of the things that you get into is you get into people with sound bites. You get into people saying, hey, look, when you go up there, this is what we're going to hit. You got to compare Ramaswamy to Obama. Remember, we're talking about, we're talking to Republicans here. Remember, he has no experience. We got to hit on that really hard. You know, here's a line. I like Nikki Haley's line, though. We've heard Nick, we've heard this line a lot. We've heard this line a lot, and I thought Nikki Haley. I'm going to move over here, and I like this side a little bit. Uh, we've heard Nikki Haley say this. We've heard women say this, and it's good. If you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. And I got to tell you, it's a thousand percent true in my own home. Hey, I'll talk. I will. I'll let you know. <laughs> but Lee gets crap done. I mean, Lee gets it done. I'm like, yeah, you know, I think we're going to move the table over here to do this show. And all of a sudden the table is moved because Lee moved it. I like Nikki Haley last night. I think it is time for a woman president. I don't think anybody would have any problem with Nikki Haley, assuming this continues down a path. The woman thing is over. I mean, let's just make no, no bones. The woman thing, debating whether a woman could be president should be, ah, that's over. That is so freaking over. You know, and if you're sitting there and you're saying, hey, look, I don't want a woman being president. Again, I ask why. And I'm going to ask why through this entire election cycle. Well, I don't want a woman president. Really? Why not? I do. I got no problem. None. Zip. Zero. Zilch. I'm not going to say I ever did and I'm not going to say I ever didn't. I don't really know. Because Hillary Clinton was so unlikable. Kamala Harris is such an idiot that you go, okay, all right. Yeah, I don't want those women as president. But I'm watching Nikki Haley, and I'm going, hey, 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 hey. Uh, I can see it. I can see it. 
Yeah, Asa Hutchinson, good for you. I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, Don, uh, not Donald Trump, but our guy Pence, you know, a Trump asked me to put himself over the Constitution, blah, 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 blah. I didn't. I chose the Constitution. You're an American hero. But I will say this. Let, let me let me and I'm going to move on here. But I will say this. It had to be difficult for Mike Pence. We all discard this, but it had to be difficult for Mike Pence as the vice president to go through the whole January 6th thing and stand up. Like, I'm sure people that like don't like Pence will crucify me for saying Pence stood up. OK, but don't because what Trump wanted to happen could have happened under if Pence wanted it to happen. Like he, he could have done a bunch of stuff. They could have changed. OK, he did. I'm going to bore you with the stuff I was reading on it today. And he did. And that's hard. You know, it's not like he's working for some meek and mild man. It's not like he was working for a guy that isn't vindictive, couldn't try to crush you. But I will give Pence credit that. And maybe I'm going to go to the YouTube chat. Maybe I'm the only one that's going to give Pence credit for that. But as a long time, and I mean long time right-hand man to Bob Knight, going against a guy with that kind of power ain't the easiest thing in the world. It's not. So I'm going to give Pence credit for that. I'm going to do that. And you know what? I'll probably be crushed for it, and people will have 18 different reasons why I'm wrong. And I'm cool with that. I'm very, very cool with that. But I thought that was okay. Uh, the abortion thing, Nikki Haley was the best on it. Tim Scott said 15 months, uh, 15, 15 weeks, excuse me. Why am I always so uncomfortable with that? Why am I always so uncomfortable with saying, hey, look, uh, let's uh, kill kids only to this part? I don't know. I, I, that will be the last thing that I pay attention to. So somebody could say, you know, Nikki Haley was really, really good on abortion. And I would say that's great. I would say that's awesome. I'd say good for her. I would. I'd say great for her. But for me personally, now maybe for you, again, this is what we got to figure out. Can we do this? Can I ask you, who changed your mind? Who did you like? Because when you say somebody, you're going to get 8,672,000 reasons why this person's a scumbag and that person's a scumbag and this person's great. Well, who did change your mind? I'm not going to say anybody changed my mind in, as, I, as I exit here with this part of the show. But I will say this. Ramaswamy, to me, I did not know. I, I, I did not know that Ramaswamy was going to be attack like that. I did not know. And that tells me he's a legit dude that guys are worried about. Now, Donald Trump, Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson are probably the winners last night. Dan, what are you talking about? Trump's a bum. Trump's a, okay. Well, they're probably the winners because it felt like Without Trump, you just had some guys and gals up there talking. It's like Seinfeld without Seinfeld. You got guys, you got interesting characters, you got people that you want to hear from. You're doing good, you're doing great, you're doing all this stuff. But it's just not the same without dad there. And I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't. I don't know if you guys 
uh, uh, me or any of us, if that makes any sense whatsoever. But it felt like without Trump, Tucker Carlson and Trump won. It just did. And you can tell me I'm wrong, right? And I'll, I'll take it. I mean, I'm fine if you think I'm wrong. But it was like everybody is at the kiddie table and Trump and Tucker Carlson are like overseeing the whole thing going, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> no, come on. Uh, no. I don't know if I'm right about that. I really don't. I don't know. I don't know if I'm right, but that's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like, yeah, yeah. Well, Dad's not there. Dad, Dad's not there. And if Dad's not there, uh, I, I don't know if this is as interesting. If Jerry isn't with George, everything comes back to Seinfeld. If Jerry isn't with George, is it that interesting? And the answer, frankly, not really. Not, not, no, 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 not really. It's not. I wish it was. I wish it was. Um, I do. Trump's great on his true social. The Tucker Carlson interview with me was a blockbuster. Could hit 200 million views and more. Thank you. I hope it was enjoyed by everybody. Uh, Trump did talk last night. He says his enemies have tried everything to take him down. It hasn't worked. Um, so perhaps the only option is to kill him. I'm not going to say it hasn't worked, former President Trump. You're facing some stuff. Now, you're going to have to lawyer the hell up. You're going to have to make damn sure that your lawyers beat him. But I'm not so sure that we're going to sit here and say, hey, there's nothing going on here. There is more counts in Georgia. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they tried to block you. Well, you're under all kind of indictment. I just, here's what I love, and then I'm going to move on. But I love the fact, I love the fact that Trump, who is facing jail time, I mean, there are reports that he could get the you know, life in prison, trees and all this stuff. It's just going about his business. Just going about his business. I would be a wreck. I would be a complete total wreck. I would be. I'd be a mess. I'd be like, damn, hold the phone. I'm facing what? And I'd wake up every morning with a little bit of the caca in my pants. I'd, I'd wake up morning, maybe with a little morning sickness every morning going, my face, what? But good for Trump. Hey, good for Trump. He just, you know what he does? He parties on, Garth. He just parties on. Hey, yeah, well, it's going to be a blockbuster. We're going to be great. Uh, they're trying to get rid of me. Maybe they just should, should kill me. Uh, blah, 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 blah. All right. Okay. Anyway, it is amazing, and I love it. But I want to ask, did your mind change? Did your mind change on any of the candidates? I'm not going to say mind change, but mine got enhanced about Ramaswamy. Did your acts, did their actions, did their words change your thinking? And if so, who do you like? Because that's what debates are for. You're supposed to learn about candidates. You're supposed to think a little bit. You're supposed to look in their eyes, see what they're about when you're staring at them as they speak. We can listen to things on the radio. We can do that. But if you don't see people, if you don't look in their eyes, you don't know squat. So there you go. Did your mind change on any candidates? 
I don't know. I'm putting it out on Twitter right now. Did your mind change? I want to know. I, I want to know because, look, I'm going to ask why. Why did your mind change? Uh, we got a lot to get to today. Hey, look, I don't know about you, but yesterday was a very, very interesting day in sports. Very interesting. Soche Otani got the ulnar nerve. I guess he's left-handed. Got the ulnar. No, he's right-handed. Got the ulnar nerve thing for the second time. He's done pitching for the rest of the year. Now, you know what happens. Well, I mean, I can't believe he's still pitching. I mean, this is what happens you know, when, 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 you, when, when you abuse a guy, when you're too much, when it's, it's too much. I, I, you know, they, they, they're using him too much. We just, we can't do that. Well, I don't know about that. Seems like he was going pretty good. Just got an injury everybody and their mother has. All right. So the other day, Tua Tunga Vailoa, you want to talk about minds changed? I've changed my mind. I'm into Tua Tunga Vailoa. You ready? So Tua Tunga Vailoa had to respond to Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark is an ESPN analyst. So Ryan Clark, listen to this. Ryan Clark basically kind of, sort of, compared Tua Tunga Vailoa to kind of a big and stripper at the Onyx Club in Atlanta. Now, I don't know the Onyx Club in Atlanta, but Ryan Clark knows the Onyx Club in Atlanta, apparently. Well, Tua Tungavailoa isn't fat. Tua Tungavailoa had to get bigger and stronger. I mean, he was getting the hell knocked out of him. So Tua Tungavailoa came back at Ryan Clark. Let's hear from Tua. It's good stuff. You'll like it. Well, Ryan's been out the league for some time. So, uh, um, I don't know. It's... It's a, little, it's a little weird when other people are talking about other people when they're not that person. So I know, it's just a, little, just a little weird. I come back. I, I Like, my background is, like, I, I come from a Samoan family. Like, respect is everything. But, you know, it does get to a point where, hey, you know, a little easy on that, buddy. Because, you know, we, I, I think we're, we're pretty tough-minded people. And, uh... If we need to get scrappy, we can get scrappy, too. Just saying. How about that? Then he added later on, keep my name out of your mouth, which is a cliche. Don't go cliches to it. Do that. Be very matter of fact. I'm Samoan. If we need to take this any farther, we can take this farther. I thought that was a great response by Tua Tungavailoa. I thought it was a great response. I really like him. I was okay with him, but now I really like him a lot, like a whole lot. Yeah, I did. Hey, uh, Bud Light continues its descent. Right here in Chicago, Modeo is the number one beer. Modeo outsells Bud Light, Miller Light, everything, right? Everybody thinks Chicago, and they think old style if you're not going to go to the traditional brands. But Modeo is the number one selling beer here in Chicago. But guess what? Data shows across the country that Modeo is now the number one beer everywhere in 2023. How about that? It's been outselling Bud Light for months. It's the first time in 20 years Bud Light isn't the best-selling beer for a year in America. For 20 years, they have had this. I got to read you. I got a good friend of mine who's in the liquor business, and he loves the people in the liquor business, okay? He says, hey, Dan, today is mine and Larry's birthday. We're going to personally Make Bud Light the number one beer in Indiana today. If you're on the west side, stop by. We're going to have beers at 1 o'clock, and we ain't leaving until we run out of beer. 
and the Coachman Tavern is where they'll be at the Coachman restaurant that Larry owned. So I have a friend, good friend, that is on the other train, and I'm down with that. Like, you don't have to. Everybody in the world doesn't have to join a boycott or join what you think. And my guy, Kevin Paskey, I salute you, brother. I salute you. Good for you. And I hope you do. I hope you drink until Bud Light runs out at the Coachman. It's my man, Kevin's 70th birthday, and it's Larry's 78th birthday. Here's my deal. They're such good dudes. They can do whatever they want. But you got a lot of work to do because Modelo has taken over for Bud Light. Oliver Anthony, you know Oliver Anthony is now, right? Everybody does. Let's show you a little of the success of Oliver Anthony. There he is right there. I mean, look, I want to go home. That's his new single. I want to go home. Guess what? Uh, the song ends with a Bible verse. But, uh, yeah. He's making an estimated $40,000 a day. A day, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? The Richmond from Richmond was a hit, huge hit, and he followed it up. Now, isn't that the thing you're supposed to do? You got to follow it up. And you know what this guy is doing? This guy's producing the right music at the right time for an audience that's tired of it the other way, for an audience that's standing up, standing up. And he quotes Mark 8, 3, uh, 8, 36, which talks about material riches versus salvation. Now, I'm just telling you, I want to go home. It was TikTok in March. It was uploaded Tuesday. And it is on its way to a massive, massive deal. It talks about mental illness, fears of war, urban spread, loss of family farms, lack of prayer. And he's touched a nerve with his ladies and gentlemen. And I think everybody in the country that has a brain and isn't a maniac and isn't insane and doesn't lose their mind on every little thing can relate to what Oliver Anthony is putting out there. I certainly can. I think it's awesome. I do. I think it's just absolutely tremendous. And guess what? Oliver Anthony at 40 grand a day. Now he's going to have to make a decision. It's easy to talk about salvation over riches when you're poor. It's easy to talk about there are more important things in life than money. Until what? You know the answer. Until you get money. And I got to tell you, he got the cash now. He got the bread. He got the heavy bread. See, if he stays true, I think he will. I hope he does. I really do. I, I hope he does. But this dude can't stop winning, man. He cannot stop winning, and I am here for it. I think it's absolutely awesome. Hey, Yankees uh, actually got a win last night, first time that Aaron Judge hit three home runs in a game. I don't know. Uh, they, uh, they lost nine games in a row. Has not happened in 41 years. Like. Man, 41 years means I was 20. That's 1982. Holy crap, holy. All right. For those of us in Indianapolis, here we go. You ready? There are a lot of rumors out. There are a ton of rumors. Jonathan Taylor is going here. I saw one. Jonathan Taylor is going to Philadelphia. Then I saw another guy say, no, those reports aren't true. Jonathan Taylor has never been contacted and neither have the Colts. But here they are. Here's the odds. Here's the odds on Jonathan Taylor, plus 250 to go with play with Tua, which is getting a lot of traction online. The Bears, plus 450. The Ravens, 700. The Broncos, 750. And the Cowboys, 750. Let me ask you a question. 
Simple question. Of those guys, I'm going to take out the Colts, but of those guys right there, those teams, who you take if you're Jonathan Taylor? Where are you going if you're Jonathan Taylor? Now, let me just give you some different things here, okay? Tua, good quarterback, young quarterback, a lot of heat, hot as hell in Miami, particularly early in the year. Do you like that? Bears, it's the opposite. Now, this kid ran at Wisconsin. Bears, you're going to play in the cold. Like, you're going to play in Chicago, outside, for half your games, fine until ah, mid to late November. You're going to play in Green Bay. Minnesota's indoors. You're okay. Detroit indoors. But that's where you're going to play. The Ravens. Here's what I see about the Ravens. What a culture. What a freaking culture. Now, people say, well, this team or that team doesn't need a running back. Look, if Jonathan Taylor's healthy, he's the running back. If I were Jonathan Taylor, were it me, I'd go play for the Cowboys. If I had a choice, I'd go play for the Cowboys because I agree with who just said it the other day, Chris Collinsworth. NBC would put 17 Cowboys games on if they could. I want to go big or go home. Dolphins, eh. Indianapolis, eh. Bears used to be. Ravens, great culture. Broncos, okay, we'll see. Mediocre quarterback. You're going to play in the cold and the snow. I can go play for the Cowboys. I think, look, I always go back to this. I had a choice when I was coming out of high school. Hey, man, go to Butler. Butler wasn't very good then. You play a lot. Go to some other, you play a lot. Or go to Indiana. And then if you go to Butler, if you go to Valpo, if you go to wherever, what are you going to do? You're going to always say, well, I was recruited by Bobby Knight. No, you go big. You always go to the biggest. You always go to the best. You always test yourself against the best. And you know what? Cowboys are America's team. I'm not saying they're the best team. I'm not saying that at all. You notice you don't see the Chiefs on there. They don't value the running back. They should. Somebody's saying Philadelphia. That, that has been debunked. But if I'm him, yeah, I'm going straight. Shoot. I'm going straight to the Cowboys. I'm not looking back. And away we are going. Period. Period. I am. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, John Stuper is a former baseball coach of Ron DeSantis and a great major league pitcher. I want to hear what John has to say about DeSantis, what he thought. Now, you know he's going to be positive on him, and I hope he does. But what kind of athlete was DeSantis? Do you see similarities? Was he a leader? I want to get into those kind of things. John Super, Stuper, former big leaguer, joins us next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. John Stuper, you guys know him. He's the coach, Yale, Yale baseball coach, Ron DeSantis. But I'm going to tell you right now, he pitched for the Cardinals. He pitched for the Cardinals back in the day, and I'm a massive Cub fan. And I don't know if you were on the mound. I'm going to say you were. This is 1984. It wasn't the Sandberg game, but it was a sold-out Wrigley Field. I'm a college student playing basketball at Indiana. We ran out of beer money, John. My brother and two of my buddies <laughs> saw some Indiana fans. And they said, hey, Dan, go down there and sell your shoes. So I went down and I sold my game-worn shoes to some guys for $35 in beer money. The Cubs got their ass kicked that day, but it was a great freaking day, John. It was a great day. (laughs) 
You sound like a typical Cubs fan, to be honest with you. I mean, hey, no offense to them. I I actually love Cubs fans. Uh, They are uh, extremely loyal and they're fun, especially the people in the bleachers. Um, uh, I always had a blast going there. Yeah, and you were a hell of a pitch. And I I feel like there's two guys, and and when they said you're having you on, I'm like, I got to tell you, I don't know if this is true, but there were two guys, two guys in Major League Baseball that I felt kicked the Cubs' ass. You as a pitcher and a light-hitting shortstop named Chris Spire used to get like seven hits every every freaking series against the Cubs, and he batted like 200, this guy. Yeah, you know, our game, you just, you just never know. Gary Carter, a Hall of Famer, great player, was two for 40 against me. Uh, so you, you just never know. You just never know. Um, that's what, I mean, he probably hit some rockets right at people, but, um, two for 40, pretty amazing. Hey, uh, you coached, uh, uh, president candidate, uh, governor, Ron DeSantis. Let me ask you, cause I'm always fascinated, you know, coaches, I coached for a long time. People talk about leadership is leadership born. I think you can make guys into leaders. I always felt like coach Knight and I would work like crazy at it. But when you see and you saw DeSantis and here he comes in as a kid from a leadership perspective, what did you see initially? Nothing initially. He was an 18 year old kid and uh, didn't, you know, was just feeling his way around like all college freshmen do. But as the years went by, um, I I noticed those those uh, um, leadership qualities coming out of him. And he wasn't there's many ways to lead. We know that there's many ways to lead. There's the raw, raw guy. There's the pat on the back guy. He did it more by what he did. He was the first guy to come, last guy to leave, um, played hard. If he hit a ball back at the pitcher, he ran hard as he could the first. Um, just little things like that. And, and in, at Yale, uh, it's a big deal to be captain because the coaches don't get a vote. Only the players vote. And so obviously he had the respect of his peers. And, uh, you know, I, I just I uh, just noticed leadership qualities probably starting his junior year. And if you think that that's just campaign speak, um, I was a part of the 82 championship Cardinals. And in 2002, uh, a guy from St. Louis did a book on where are they now? Um, And I was one of the where are they now Cardinals. So he came by um, and he watched a weekend series that we played at Yale. And he, you know, he stayed with me for three days. He asked me, you know, hey, Yale is known for its leadership and for its presidents. He goes, do you, do you have anybody on your team now or before that you think, you know, could be presidential timber? And I said, well, there's a guy in Harvard Law School right now. Um, and coach, their coach, Governor DeSantis was in his first year of Harvard Law. And I said, I think he could be that guy. I didn't name him, but he, I said he could be that guy. Um, so I must have seen something. And, uh, yeah, he just, he just, I mean, he's smart, you know, he's wicked smart as, uh, Ben Affleck or uh, Casey Affleck said in Goodwill Hunting. And he's just, uh, prepared, uh, hard worker. I don't know how much he sleeps. Um, you know, Dan, I watched, I was, I'm a Florida resident now and I, and I watched, uh, how he handled Ian down here and, you know, Hurricane Ian, I don't think anybody could have done a better job than him. Uh, he was on TV every day, assuring the people eyes blurred. Cause I know he hadn't slept. Um, so it, it, that, that's another sign of leadership. Obviously. Could he play? 
He was a guy, uh, a four-year starter. He hit 313 for his career. You, you as a coach know this. Um, he is, he is a, the poster boy for a really good college player who's not a pro prospect. Okay. There's lots of guys like that. You know, he did everything well. He didn't do anything great. He was a high baseball acumen, you know, good hitter, hit the ball to all fields, a little bit of power. I think he hit 11 home runs during his career, uh, stole 25 bases during his career. I mean, he did, the only thing he didn't do well, he didn't throw well. And that, that was really the only thing. So uh, good college player, not a pro prospect. You know, um, we, we're fundamentally on the opposite sides of this, too. I just had a stepdaughter graduate from Harvard. She played softball there. So, I, you know, we're just two guys on the opposite side of damn near everything. You're Yale. I'm Harvard by proxy. Uh, I just felt smarter walking into Harvard and you know, I'm sure you did at Yale as well. I mean, you just feel smarter in those type of things. Um, when you look at DeSantis now and you think about where he was then, has he changed? I, we all change, but I'm talking about fundamentally. Has he, like, I guess what I'm saying is, has he become a politician or is he basically the same guy that, you know, you knew just grown up, just grown up? Um, you're right. We all, we all do change. Um, and boy, that's a really hard question. He was the, one of the most low maintenance players I ever had and never had to worry about him being late and never had to worry about him being lazy. Um, yeah, I think he's, I think he's changed. I think he's changed as he's gotten older and older and adjusted to the political environment that he's in. Here's a guy who authored the most proud moment of my coaching career. He graduated from Yale, and then he graduated from Harvard Law. What he could have done with those two degrees, and I know quite a few people that, you know, out in the private sector, but he wanted to serve. 9-11 uh, really affected him, and he joined the military, and that was my proudest moment uh, as a coach at Yale because he gave up who knows how much money um, to serve his country. And then when he came, and, and he didn't just serve. I mean, he spent six months in Iraq as a, advisor to the SEAL team. And I know a lot of military people, I didn't know what that meant. And they said, that's a huge deal, that only the best of the best are advisors to SEAL teams in war zones. So, um, and then he came back and decided he wanted to serve some more and was a three-term congressman before he ran for governor. So a life of service, as, as George H.W. Bush would say. You know, it is amazing how uh, people discard that. Like, Oh, okay, he joined the military. I, like I have a military family. I have cousins that are major, and, uh, and basic training, sleeping in the freaking desert, the stuff you do. And to your point about DeSantis, he signed up for that, and he didn't have to. I mean, he he literally sacrificed. But people discount that, John. They do. They discount what a guy does. And what he gave up to go into our military and serve. They just throw that away as a throwaway line. It's crap. Yeah, I mean, it's an all-volunteer military. And people are choosing um, to, you, to, to protect us, to allow us to have the life that we have. That's why, you know, I've done some, I've done some events for Wounded Warrior Project. And, and that's, that's kind of my charity. And I've met some of those guys. And, I mean, the sacrifice that they made so that I could – coach baseball at Yale for 30 years so that I could play in the big leagues for a, a, a small amount of time. I mean, it's because of them. And somebody said last night uh, on the broadcast during the debate that, 
you know, not every country gets to choose its leaders. Um, and so last night was an example of the of democracy at action where, you know, those those eight people were you know, discussing, sometimes yelling um, about the issues. And, uh, you know, that doesn't happen everywhere. How did you think he did last night? To put it in baseball terms, um, his team won 10 to nothing. He hit for the he hit for the cycle. He made a great catch in the outfield and he threw a guy out at home. I don't think anybody was close to him, to be honest with you. I think Nikki Haley did a good job. I thought she was kind of second, but for me, it was a distant second. I mean, he has a, he has a record to run on. People forget that Florida is the 15th largest economy in the world. Not just not the United States. It's the 15th largest economy in the world. And he's done an amazing job down here. Um, people love him down here. Not everybody loves him. I mean, nobody, you know, that's the way politics is. But um, I just thought he, I thought he killed it last night. Absolutely killed it. You still talk to him often? Not often. Um, you know, I, I had this, he gave me his phone number. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to call. He had got better things to do than talk to his old baseball coach. But, but I will. I mean, he invites me to every event. He invited me to the to the debate last night. But um, I actually wanted to be able to do this from here rather than there. So I think I'm going to go to the next debate. But I'll just tell you a little story. If you think some people think he's like stuffy or whatever, he's not. He's hilarious. Okay, when you get him one on one, he's hilarious. So my wife and I registered to vote down here in Florida. He wins by 1.5 million votes. And so we're at the victory party and we're in the VIP room because, you know, I coached him. So um, he walks in and I have this speech all planned. You know, I, I give him a hug and I said, hey, you know, Pam and I so thrilled that we were able to put a check beside your name for the first time as Florida residents. I mean, we were just so excited. I mean, it was just awesome to be able to go in that voting booth and vote for you. And he leaned over and he whispered in my ear. He goes, yeah, your two votes put me over the top. So and I thought to myself, seems, you know, just another smart ass yeah. Yale baseball yeah. alum. Um, yeah. So and, and that's, the, that's the way he is. Um, people, I think the American people have a decision to make here. Um, do you want somebody? I won't denigrate anybody on the stage last night. I won't even denigrate um, the current president because I have too much respect for the office. But do you want we need more energy in the White House? Number one. Number two, we don't need drama in the White House. And this guy, I mean, uh, uh, Ron DeSantis will get to work from day one. And just like he's done down here, he'll get stuff done. He he. Did, he promised, and then he over-delivered down here. Um, and, and I think he'll do the exact same thing in the White House. He is so smart. Uh, he, you saw last night he can think on his feet. Um, he did an interview with Megyn Kelly, and Megyn Kelly uh, said he was ducking him, uh, ducking her for a while. And I'm like, he's not ducking you. Then he, then he does a, a thing with her, and now she's a big fan. She goes, this guy can talk about anything, any subject. He, she goes 10 deep. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding. I know that. So, uh, and I'm a big Megyn Kelly fan, but um, he's just, he's prepared. He's ready. Um, and to me, and I'm a little bit of a political junkie, to me, he is the only person out there that can rescue us from the fire that we're in.
You know, I, we, I was talking earlier. Uh, I live in Indiana, uh, and uh, Pence is obviously a big name in Indiana. In fact, uh, the former vice president was a radio host, same station that I was a radio host at, and, and I don't know him. But I'm sitting there and I'm watching, and I'm watching career politicians, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, the last thing we need is another plastic guy. You know what I mean? Like, we, we don't need that. We need, and, and I'm watching DeSantis, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a career politician, but he's not. He's he, he, it's different. It's it's it, I'm not going to say it's polished because they're all polished. I, maybe I would use the word real. Maybe I would just use the word like when you when he talks and, and you can speak to this even going back. There are certain guys, coaches, you know, uh, from playing and coaching that when they talk, you know, they're full of shit. Like they can say whatever <laughs> they want, but you, but you look at them and they're full of shit. Like, you know, right. your mouth is saying one thing, but your eyes are telling me a whole nother deal. Right. right? And you, right. you learn to read that as a coach and a player. And I got to give DeSantis credit. I don't know. I really, you know, uh, when he talks, you kind of, well, not kind of, you absolutely believe what he's saying is, is what he believes. If, if you uh, watched his uh, um, acceptance speech after the second time he won, um, if you haven't seen it, I, I encourage you to go to YouTube and watch it. It was a combination of Ronald Reagan and I don't know who else. I mean, he was on his, you know, Woke is where, or Florida is where woke goes to die, which was a phenomenal line. I mean, I was in the room, but I couldn't hear anything, basically. Uh, I was allowed to go right beside the stage because I'm a big VIP now. Um, of course you are. And I, and I was, yeah, that's the only place. Um, and, and, but you couldn't hear anything. So I came back home afterwards, and I, I've listened to the thing like four or five times, one of the greatest political speeches I've ever heard. Um, and... I mean, what he did down here, he virtually won every county. He won two counties, uh, Miami-Dade and Palm Beach County. They hadn't been won since Jeb Bush won them in 2002, um, So a Republican. So, um, I mean, he ran on his record, and the people recognized that. And he even said, for those of you who didn't vote for me the first time, because it was a, it was 30,000. My, my liberal friends used to bust my chops and said he won by – it wouldn't even fill Fenway Park, okay, what he won by. But, boy, he took it and ran with it and then won by almost 20 points. So um, he absolutely proved his bona fides, and, and he's just uh, – he's done a great job here, and I absolutely think it translates to the White House. Absolutely. Oh, you did research. You saw me. Mark Grace sent me a jersey. Let's see it. Let's let's come on. Let's see the Cardinals. Let's go. Let's see the Cardinals jersey. <laughs> come on. I mean, we got the American flag. We didn't want to cut. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Uh, John Stuper. Uh, I've done some fantasy camps for the, the Cardinals, and their fantasy camps are unbelievable. And so that that's one of the ones that from the fantasy camp, but um, the birds on the bat, you can talk about anything you want. They have 11 national or world championships and you're a former basketball coach. That would be like, that would be like Bowling Green, who I happen to know the old coach. That would be like them winning 11 national championships because St. Louis is a mid-market team. That's true. They don't, they don't open their wallets like the Cubs do and the Dodgers and the Yankees. Okay. So the, St. Louis Cardinals are the best organization in professional sports. Number two is the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's where I happen to be from. That's the number two organization. So I'm kind of connected 
to the two best organizations in professional sports. And hopefully, hopefully I'll be connected to the next president of the United States. I wish I could argue that. I wish from a cub perspective, I wish I could say no, but what do I got? I mean, I grew up and first time they even made the playoffs, you know, I'm a junior in college in 1984. So it's like, Hey, I got nothing for you, coach. I got, I don't have nothing for you, but I will thank you for coming on. And I hope you'll come back as uh, this thing goes, because you're a great, great information and fun to talk to. And I appreciate it, Dan. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. That it was a lot of fun. John Stuper was a hell of a pitcher. And as he said, on the 82 Cardinals, I remember watching that with a huge Cardinal fan. And I just wanted to puke. One of our other assistant coaches in Indiana was a Cardinal fan. I was a player, a Cub fan, and they're winning the World Series. And the Cubs are like, I don't know, trading Greg Maddox or something stupid. Uh, it just drives me back like crazy. But hey, it was nice to talk. And I did. I did sell. So people understand I did sell my shoes at Wrigley Field for $35 in beer money, which at the time probably, I don't know, four bucks a beer. That's a pretty good afternoon for it. But I did walk around Wrigley without shoes. And two clowns got my, what were they, Adidas top tens. But anyway, we thank our great staff and John Stuper. Absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. All right, let's get to some other things here. Hey, look, I think we all knew the answer to this. I think we did. But you were going to ask, why did Johnny Manziel get to keep his Heisman Trophy and Reggie Bush got his Heisman Trophy taken away? Like, that's a legitimate question. Well, Reggie Bush just filed a defamation lawsuit against the NCAA as he is trying to get his Heisman back. It's interesting. You know, when I saw the thing on Manziel, I was wondering to myself, did they take his Heisman? Like Reggie Bush, whether he deserved to have his Heisman taken or not, okay. But certainly Johnny Manziel did the same thing, pay for play, right? Isn't that what he did? I don't know. Seems like that's what he did, and they didn't take his. So now Reggie Bush is saying, nay, nay, Nanook, I want a little piece of this. I want to see what's going on here. Why did you take mine and not take his? And now it's a defamation lawsuit. He's going to have to prove that he did not participate in a pay-for-play. It seemed like he did. It seemed like the NCAA at the time had rules against people, uh, I don't know, boosters buying a house, which was what alleged. But you know what? We shall see what we shall see. Ladies and gentlemen, if you go to my wife's Twitter handle, there is a side-by-side picture of my wife and Jennifer Aniston that ESPN used when Lee was coaching Syracuse in the NCAA tournament. They did it side-by-side. And Lee, I'm like, you got to put that up as your Twitter profile picture. And she has. We get asked every, not asked if you are Jennifer Aniston. We don't get asked that. She doesn't get asked that. She gets asked Hey, anybody ever tell you you look like Jennifer Aniston? And it's almost every single time, every single place. Last night, it happened in an Italian restaurant. A couple of my buddies, Lee, and we we took out Jason Benetti last night because Benetti was nice enough in an auction to auction off tickets to a Sox game, and we paid it off last night, and then we took him to dinner. We paid for it through the auction and all that kind of stuff because, you know, it was a great night. It raised a lot of money. So we did. We All right. Well, somebody comes up, Lee and I are actually going to the restroom, and one of the servers comes up and goes, ma'am, 
has anybody ever told you you look like Jennifer Aniston? So in our household, we love Jennifer Aniston. When Jennifer Aniston speaks, we listen. Jennifer Aniston, one of the few Hollywood folks, and she's catching hell about this, said this. I'm so over cancel culture. I probably just got canceled by saying that. I just don't understand what it means. Is there no redemption? I don't put everyone in the Harvey Weinstein basket. And people are up in arms. People are out of their minds. You know, people are insane about this quote. Well, abuse is abuse, blah, blah. No, no, no. Me making a joke. I went to a diversity training meeting. They told you don't even mention anybody's shoes. Don't ask anybody even where they're from. Don't use the word guys in an email. You use the word folks. Like, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing? I went to this diversity training meeting, and they were talking about all this, and I went to the bathroom, and an African-American dude looks at me and goes, hey, man, you that white boy? It gets in trouble all the time with the Indy star. And I'm like, that's awesome. Here I'm at a diversity training meeting where you can't even talk about anything, right? They're telling you, don't say this, don't say that, don't do this, don't do that. And not two minutes later, as we're going to the bathroom, some dude calls me a white boy. I love it. It didn't offend me even a little bit. I'm like, yeah. I go, yeah, that kind of pains in my ass. And we just laughed and slapped hands and went about our business. Honest to God, I'm with Jennifer Aniston. Although I'm with Jennifer Aniston on everything. But I, would, I'm a, I am so with Jennifer Aniston on this. Like, there's no redemption. Everything you say, oh, my God, can you imagine? Oh, my God, this is so horrible. Oh, my God, can you believe? Stop it. Just stop it. Seriously. It'd be all right. Someone commented on your shoes. Someone said you look pretty. Someone said that's a nice dress. I mean, you know, I got a friend, Freddie Vienna. He's a big shot attorney. He said this famously. He said, you know what? I've been an attorney 35 years. I've never been sexually harassed. Hashtag, why not me too? Hey, I've had women take my elbow and rub it on their boobs in places. I've had all kinds of crazy stuff happen when I, was, uh, when I was single. I was talking about it last night. Lee got mad. I don't know. If you're going to ask me, I'm going to tell you. Cancel culture, my ass. That's why, I once again, I love OutKick. Not because you can be racist or not because what people do. Well, you can be racist. You know, no, 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 no. You can speak. You can speak clearly. We're going to have Charlie on. I mean, how many times has Charlie said, hey, look, I'm happy to be here. I'm going to ask her about Jennifer Aniston's comments. I'm going to ask her about Bud Light teasing free NFL Sunday ticket. I'm going to ask her about what she thought about the debates. Now, if you worked at ESPN, you couldn't talk about these things. Oh, my God. You couldn't talk about, oh, geez. You can't stop. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, we're going to be right back. Charlie's going to join us. I got the damn awards. I got, listen to this. I got damn badass of the week. That's right. I got damn moron of the week. I got more predictable about Joe Biden. I got the ballsiest move of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Show's getting ready to start. 
As football season nears, uh, word on the street from my people is September 7th, Charlie. That's, I mean, I'm not trying to break news here, but that's the word on the street. Word on the street, as far as I know, too, but I also haven't been given like the official like green light. So I'm just going to say, hopefully, hopefully that's the (laughs) official date, because if it is, that means we are less or no, we're exactly two weeks away from launch. I know. So, uh, um, just, so I hope so. I hope that's it. I do too. I do too. I can't wait. I want outkick like everybody just tune in starting in the morning and just finish it off in the evening and they'll go have dinner and watch outkick all freaking day. <laughs> that's it. Hey, I got to ask you, uh, what'd you think of last night? What'd you think of the debate last night? Yeah, I was kind of, I, I'll be honest. I was, I was pretty bored. Um, I didn't think there was anything that was so groundbreaking. Uh, that I was like, wow, like this candidate has really now separated themselves from the pack, except for Vivek, um, who I just find to be overall like such a charismatic, likable, relatable guy. Um, I don't think necessarily last night he said anything that I hadn't heard come from his mouth before. Um, I know that some people were um, impressed with a few of his answers, but I've been following him for the past few months now. And I feel like a lot of his real strong talking points last night, he's kind of been hammering home on some of his TV appearances and on Twitter already. So nothing that came out of his mouth was like, oh my God. But I just love when he speaks. I mean, as much as Barack Obama isn't someone that I would you know, ever um, you know, promote as a leader of this country or having anything to do with the policies that our country uh, utilizes at this point, um, Barack Obama was a fantastic orator. Like there was something when he spoke, you felt compelled to listen. And that's why he went from being, you know, a nobody to being president for two consecutive terms. Uh, but Vivek has that same it factor. I mean, when he speaks, you you feel compelled to listen. And he just held his own on a stage there with a bunch of older men, um, you know, really, uh, I guess, you know, lifelong politicians. And he's never been in politics himself. And yet he, to me, is the most interesting person. And, you know, if it wasn't for a guy who was not in attendance, at this very point in time, I think I would be going for Vivek. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's a couple of things. Like, one, you're talking about the guy that wasn't in attendance, Trump. It felt like, to me, like, if you ever watch Seinfeld and Jerry's not there, you know, like, <laughs> you, you don't have the guy, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, all right, you got good characters. You got, but, you know, the guy that's kind of bringing them all together isn't there. You know what I mean, Charlie? Yeah, but I also think that that gave, I mean, I think that the other candidates should have taken more advantage of the fact that Trump wasn't there because that would have been really their time to shine. Because if Trump would have been in that room, all of them would have, I mean, maybe, listen, I I really like Vivek, so I I don't want to take anything away from him. He might have still have uh, had a few shining moments, but for the rest of them, game over. I mean, that would have been it. So I just don't feel like any of them really took advantage. You could tell they all just were using their canned talking points. None of it felt so genuine. And like most of them are just complete boneheads. So I mean, <laughs> like Doug Burgum, like God bless him. Like I, I heard he got an, an injury from playing a pick a pickup game of basketball yesterday morning. So like that's cool. That's that's like the main reason I like you is because you play pickup basketball. But other than that, literally, I was I was wanting to <laughs> to tweet something about him, and I'm like, wait, what's his name again? Like, yeah. Some of these people just have no business being on that stage. But I know, of course, it was it was the first debate. So we're going to hear from some of the candidates who we won't be hearing from, you know, in the next few months. But 
Um, I watched the whole thing because I felt like I wanted to be able to talk about it, but nothing really stood out to me. Like, wow, I got yeah. so much out of that. That was worth staying up to 11 PM and not watching, you know, South park. I don't know. <laughs> well, in our family, you're, you're not watching reruns of either the real housewives of Atlanta, New Jersey, and <laughs> New York. And when you put that aside, you better give me some good TV lady. Uh, or, you know, there's a problem. Hey, uh, speaking of TV, I'm digging what Jennifer Aniston said. Like, what about redemption? You know, I'm over cancel culture. Not everybody's Harvey Weinstein. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I, I get it. Don't be a pig as a man. Yeah, you know, Greg, don't be a pig. But not every little comment is like harassment. I, I've never felt. I don't. What do I? No, I'm I'm totally with you. And I'm just I. I it's hard for me to put my myself in a lot of women's or even people's shoes at this point uh, because I'm not sensitive. Uh, I can I can. Someone can say something straight to my face and it, it would be meant in the most offensive of manners. And I just don't get offended because I'm thick skinned. I mean, that's how I've been my whole life, which I'm so appreciative for, especially in this day and age when everyone is just tiptoeing around on eggshells to not offend someone for like the tiniest of reasons. So, um, but yeah, I think in general, cancel culture, I mean, we've been saying this for a while now, it has gotten out of control. I mean, people just can't be themselves. I mean, look, let's look at, you know, Anthony Oliver, Jason Aldean, who are just singing from their heart. I mean, and they're not even saying anything crazy. They're calling things like they are. I mean, tell me something that they've said that's not true. And yet there, there's the efforts to have them be canceled, which is just so ridiculous. And it's actually backfired because both of them skyrocketed to the top of the music chart. So uh, there's that. Uh, good job, liberals. Uh, but yeah, I think Jennifer Aniston's onto something. I think especially in Hollywood, that's something that's really important to recognize because all of Hollywood, for the most part, is very left-leaning. Uh, so I like that she's uh, forging her own path. I like that she doesn't really take the outside noise and let it affect her point of view. And I think especially from her working on a show like The Morning Show, which if you've probably seen, it's based around like the whole Matt Lauer controversy, which now I, I it like is funny to me. I'm like, oh, Matt Lauer, I forgot about him. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't think Matt Lauer, I mean, I don't know what Matt Lauer Actually, you know, I don't think any of us actually at the end of the day know what he did. I think there's a lot of circumstances where men are being shunned or ostracized for, you know, women coming forward X amount of years later to call them out for something. It's like, I don't know what to believe. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it possibly could have been consensual. So it's just tough to say. But um, I like Jennifer Aniston a lot. I've always liked her and uh, I like her even more now. I do, too. I I, I do, too. And, and you know, I, I look, I. I People, how do I put this? Well, you know, at least with me. Well, of course you would because you're a pig, Doc. Yes, I'm a pig. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I have married <laughs> for 22 years, married now, wonderful women, strong women. I'm like, yes, I'm a pig because I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, everything doesn't have to be insanity. Um, I got to ask you this because I thought this was funny. And I'm not mad at Bud Light for doing this. Bud Light is kind of sort of maybe saying, hey, guys. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna give you a free NFL ticket. Start buying our product again because we're all in on you guys being guys again. I don't know. Well, I think uh, I was reading the article, and you actually don't have to buy anything. You just have to give them your right. email. But I'm sure, like by giving them your email, they're probably gonna be like, "Hey, like Bud Light's bringing a new beer this fall. Come get one at your local <laughs> liquor store." I don't know what they're gonna say. Brand I mean, house. Obviously, there's a hook there. They know what they're doing. They're not just like yes. 
you know, you're giving them your email and you get something free and they're not going to do anything in return. Now they have your information, which is what they want. And now they're going to target you. Um, but I, I can't, I can't hate on their efforts. I mean, they're tanking completely. There's no sign of any type of comeback. So whatever you've got to do to get things back on track, I, I, I have no issue with them. doing. Right. Um, I just don't know that it's enough to undo all of the bad that has transpired in the past few months, but Hey, I mean, football and beer, they go hand in hand. I mean, they're, they're best friends. It's, it's kind of a nice partnership. And if, and if they want to give me, listen, I'm just saying, if they want to give me a free NFL Sunday ticket, I will, I will purchase one case of Bud Light. <laughs> As my wife always says, Dan, men are so simple. I'm telling you, Bud Light, go back to your roots. Put, I, sorry, I, I, you may get, I, you don't get offended. Put girls in bikinis, yep. give guys free freaking uh, NFL ticket. And for the women, put dudes oiled up on a beach that are built like me. Well, not like me, that are ripped. You know what yeah. I mean? I, go to the basics here. Yeah. I wonder if there's even like in a smarter way. Like here I am doing brainstorming for Bud Light. Um, right. But like, oh, you know, whole smart. Season yes. of, I, I think what they could do is be like, if you, because you know how they have the QR codes or those uh, codes on boxes. If you buy, I mean, it's a lot, but 12 cases of Bud Light, you can get a free subscription for the season. I mean, honestly, simple. I think people, listen, people don't think that much into it. If you give them a good incentive, I mean, we even saw Kid Rock drinking Bud Light the other day. So like, Clearly, people's attention spans and memory spans are not that long, right? Even right. At, at some point, if, if you want a beer and there's Bud Light, you're going to drink Bud Light. I mean, it's just one of those things like, you know, I'd love to think that the boycott can last forever. But I think if you give them a good enough incentive and not like do just like, oh, you might get it. Have them purchase like a good a man is going to go through 12 cases of Bud Light within the football season. Have them buy 12 cases Bud Light. You get a free subscription to NFL Sunday ticket. Next thing you know, they're like, ah. Wait, what am I even mad at? I like Bud Light. I drink Bud Light now. Here we are. <laughs> I'm so with you. I am. I, 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 it, yeah, don't overthink this. Uh, you know, people are like, well, they got to do No, just, 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 just men are simple. <laughs> men are so, I mean, and I, I raise my hand uh, because I am the simplest. My, my, I always like Riley Gaines. And my, one of my goals in this job, Charlie, is to, give a speech somewhere where I get attacked by the crowd going in, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, Riley. Gaines did. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go again. Riley's supposed to be somewhere and a bunch of crazy people. I don't even know if it was a bunch. It was kind of a loose crowd dropping F bombs on her in Milwaukee. I don't think that tolerant left is living up to what they want us to believe that they are the tolerant left. Oh my gosh. They're the least tolerant of anybody. <laughs> uh, I loved Riley's. Did you see her on social media? She posted something. She was like, you know, and and you had to, you know, go further to realize that she was, you know, it was all one big joke, but she was like, right. guys, you know, it's because of scenes like this that I've decided to stop my act, stop my activism in terms of saving and promoting, you know, women's sports and keeping trans athletes out of it. And, you know, I'm sorry to say, but it's come to an end. And then you scroll down one more on her on her Twitter feed, and it's like not psych. psych. Just kidding. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, because your scenes like this do nothing but encourage me to keep being an activist in the area that I have been. And I just was like, that was amazing. Um, 
And honestly, I keep saying this to everybody too. I feel like I'm not even on the level of Riley Gaines, but I have, you know, been a proponent in terms of trying to save women's sports and keep it just strictly for women. And I have gotten called all types of names. And I will tell you, when I first started at Outkick and at Fox, and I started speaking openly about this, I was getting the worst comments. I mean, people telling me to die, to kill myself, to, um, you know, just the most horrible of names that like, I don't even feel comfortable you know, saying is jokes. Like they're just not words that come out of my mouth. And, um, at first I was like, oh my God, like, this is horrible. Like, can I, can I tolerate this? And I didn't, I didn't know. And then now I'm like, bring it on. Like the more people say to me, the more I'm like, I'm doing something right. Because the fact that you feel the need to come at me so aggressively shows how insecure you are and the stance that you're taking. Because if you're secure in something, you do not get defensive like that. And that goes in all aspects of everything, even in a relationship. When you bring up something to your partner, if they get super defensive all of a sudden, it's like, okay, clearly I've, I've hit, you know, like a nerve, I've, you know, is there's something you're insecure about. Um, so I feel like it goes the same thing, you know, when you're talking uh, these, these issues that aren't even quite frankly, political issues, they're common sense issues, uh, but the left, they're very intolerant. And, uh, the first thing they do is they start screaming and yelling and throwing around hateful words. And because that's all they can do, because that's their tactic to try to silence you and shut you up. And actually, unfortunately, in a lot of cases it works, but for me, for people like me and you, Dan, (laughs) bring it on. (laughs) I swear to God, and you you said this when we first talked, like, uh, it's one of the reasons you leave ESPN. You know, it's one of the reasons you're like, hey, look, uh, I got to go. I mean, look, and and there's nothing wrong with staying at ESPN. I mean, if you don't want to get involved yourself in this kind of stuff, hey, stay, call games, do things. It's great. It's wonderful. The money's wonderful. But if you want to have more and and more of a discussion, it's why you and I both left. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, um, it's, it feels very nice to be able to speak freely and authentically. And um, yeah, you're right. If you want to just stick strictly to the talking points and not get so caught up in the politics of it all, which unfortunately are pretty much surrounding every issue now, even in sports, um, then yeah, all the power to you. But I, I, but I find this to be much more enjoyable. I do too. Thanks, Charlie. September seventh. Thank so I'm just, I'm just going to talk about it, and then, you know, what, are, what did they say? I'm going to speak it into existence. You're going to manifest it for me. Yes. There you go. See, there's a big difference between me and Charlie. She uses words like manifest it for me, and I'm like thinking, oh, I'm going to speak it into existence. You know like what, Dan? Big... Half the time, I'm like trying to think of words. Like I'm like, I know what I want to say, but I don't remember the word. And then someone will say it out loud. I'm like, oh yeah, it was the simplest yeah. of words that I learned in third grade. That's right. Yeah. My wife and I say we get to a certain level, like, like we get to the cliff where we, we don't have any more words in our brain in a day. And we're yeah. like, OK, we're going to shut up now. We're tired. Yeah. But on the other hand, sometimes I'll say a word that just like comes out of my mouth. And I'm like, how do I know that word? That was an amazing <laughs> word. I am so smart. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Bye. <laughs> I love talking to Charlie and Jennifer Aniston. She's, uh, you know, it's just I don't know. Does cancel culture still exist? I, I I guess it does, but I'm so, I don't know, over it or whatever the right word is that I could care less. But I tell you what I am about. I'm about the damn awards. This is where Dylan and Nick and Ryan and everybody involved and, and we got Nick squared or Nick two 
This is where they shine, ladies and gentlemen. So let me give you the damn awards. Uh, I did not even know this guy was the coach. I think I did, okay? But we got our badass of the year award or of the day, not of the week, of the week, of the week. And his name, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to add to it, is Big Sam Pittman. That's right. Big Sam Pittman. Did you know that Big Sam Pittman is the coach of, wait for it, an SEC team? All right. Guess which SEC team? Arkansas. Sam Pittman is the coach of Arkansas. And Sam Pittman is what you would call just a good dude. Sam Pittman don't need much. You know what I'm saying? Like Sam Pittman is a guy that wants a cigar, a little bit of whiskey. I mean, what happened? I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that because most coaches in this day and age, they don't want it to be known that they'll have a beer. They want to act like they're wine drinkers. All right. They want to say we're wine drinkers. Oh, you are? Oh, oh No. What do you like to do, Sam Pittman? He's just a badass dude. I mean, I'm just telling you, he's just a badass dude. Speaking of badass dudes, my wife just walked in, ladies and gentlemen, and we've been talking about Lee all day. But, you know, if I ask Lee what she just did, I'm sure she just, what'd you do? Nothing. Ran five miles? No, I watched the Trump interview. Oh, oh. All right, let's go through a perfect day in the life of Sam Pittman. All right. Here's the deal. Sam Pittman says that he is going to avoid Starbucks. Sam Pittman says that he, ladies and gentlemen, is going to drink beers. A perfect day for Sam Pittman is chicken and beer. That's it. That's a perfect day. He explained to these guys what he would do if he had a chance to just have a relaxing day on the water, having fun at the expense of his wife. She has yet to figure out he, uh, she has yet to figure out the new coffee machine. That means they drive an hour to a Starbucks. They, he eats chicken. He wants cold beer on a ride around the lake. He stops at Sam's Pizza for a slice. Then he would go for a swim while the Razorbacks fight song plays in the background. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Pittman, America's coach. Yeah. And he looks like it. Where are you going now? Are oh, you going to get beers? Oh, food and coffee? Okay. No beers this early. Are you crazy? So anyway, you are the badass of the week, Sam Pittman. A little ride around the lake, a couple of beers, a swim. You know what I'm going to do? You've inspired me. I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. i tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I now am swimming, and I'm going to play the Indiana fight song in the background. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, the morons of the week, we got a three-way tie here. First... Let's talk about Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino fighting back, and good for Megan Rapino. I said yesterday I wasn't going to speak on her, but I just got to. Hey, look, when Dylan and Nick and Nick too and Ryan, when they put a don't at me list together, uh, I'm speaking on it, and they put Rapino in, so I'm speaking on her. She fired back at Alexi Lawless. She was mad at Alexi Lawless because Alexi Lawless said what the world knew, which was, well, the U.S. women's national team was unlikable. And, of course, she uses all the liberal words. And, you know, it's Fox News speak, she's saying, and all this other happy horse bleep. But the truth of the matter is Alexi Lawless was right. Totally unlikable. And Alexi Lawless prefaced it by saying, hey, don't shoot the messenger. Carly Lloyd said, you know what, this team wasn't any good. And one of 
one of the players on her own team said, yeah, we weren't prepared. Now, I'm going to say that again. One of her own players on her own team came out yesterday and said, yeah, uh, yeah we just um, we weren't prepared. We, Lindsay Horan, I'll get into that in a minute. She's moron number one. Moron number two. Moron number two can be a variety of people. But I got to tell you, moron number two is Wander Franco. We've been talking about old Wander Franco, and it now he is on administrative leave for, and this is something that I saw, and I thought this was interesting, relationships with minors. Yeah, relationships with minors. Not a relationship with a minor, which is bad enough. But relationships, meaning something's been going on here for a long time with Wanda Franco and young girls. Now, we're talking about as young as 14 years old. This 22-year-old has been messing with eighth graders. Now, I got to look on the YouTube chat and see what Gritty has to say about this or Connie Harris or others. But I got to tell you, it's just gross. It's just gross. And as a man uh, that has a daughter, a stepdaughter, you know about the strong women in my life. Uh, I got to send your ass to jail. You're a predator, which makes you the biggest moron of the weekend. I mean, look, Megan Rapinoe is just a career whiner, but this guy's a predator. This guy pray, uh, preys on young women, apparently. Now, the idea is simple, right? The idea is, hey, look, innocent till proven guilty. Yeah, pull this, it plays jingle bells. If the dude had a relationship with a 14-year-old girl, I don't give a damn what some lawyer says, this clown's got to go home. And home needs to be a prison. My opinion. Third moron of the week is Eric Compton. We talked about it yesterday or the day before. Eric Compton is a golfer who, you know what? He he, he had a bit of a handicap. He, he won the Ben Hogan Award in 2009 for playing with a, a disability. Okay, but... I don't give a damn. And if I go through what the disability is, it makes him a sympathetic figure. But I don't want him to be a sympathetic figure. Dan, why don't you want this guy to be a sympathetic figure? I'll tell you why. Because allegedly he shoved his wife up against the wall and hit her. Now, look, you know my stance on this. Put your hands in your pockets. Go in the bathroom. Let her yell or let you yell. Whoever's mad at who. But don't trade blow. Don't grab her phone. Don't throw her. Don't do nothing. Zero. Zip. Nada. In fact. I've always said, what do you do next? What's your move? I'm going to hit a woman. What's my move? Well, I apologize. Oh, well, since you apologize, everything's fine. I'm going to ask you. I'll, I'll ask the YouTube chat. What is the move after you hit a woman? Don't be surprised the moms of the girls. Uh, let's see here. I'm just saying, what is it? What's the move? I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. That's not who I am. What? Now, I've always thought that. Like, I always wondered, what do you do? I've always wondered that, and I've always wondered when guys are scamming. Like, you watch these shows, and there's a lot of scammers in this world, right? I always wonder, how do you sleep? Like, if I have a disagreement with someone, I wake up at 2 in the morning knowing I got to call them and apologize. I feel so bad. But how do you sleep? When you're a scammer guy, I, I don't even know. Put your hands in your pockets. All right. What is more predictable? Joe Biden 
botching his trip to Hawaii or Antonio Brown being in trouble with the law again? That's a great question. What is more predictable is probably both. Like if you were going to say to me, okay, Biden's taking a trip to act like he cares about something. Will this go well? Of course. Then if you were going to ask me, all right, and I'll, I'll ask the YouTube chat, name me somebody, name me somebody that you think in athletics is going to be the next person that you read about getting arrested, potentially getting arrested, failing child support, robbing, raping, whatever. And I got to tell you, Antonio Brown is on the top of the list. I mean, I talk about Pac-Man Jones all the time. At least he's done a decent thing, right? He took he took in Travis uh, Henry or Chris Henry's children. Pretty good move by his former, you know, Chris Henry died. He had kids. Pac-Man Jones had money, had means. But this guy here would be at the top of the list. Oh, he's going to get arrested. Oh, Biden's going to screw the pooch in some kind of overseas or in-state trip to act like he cares about something that he does not care about, he'll screw it up. But it's a great call. All right. Ballsiest move of the week. We don't know who it is, but it's a former NBA employee blasting the company on the league's official Twitter account with more than 40 million followers. 40 million followers saw a former NBA a employee put out on Twitter, basically, the NBA sucks, this job sucks, everything sucks, and you know what? I don't like it, and had access to 40 million people on Twitter. 40 million. I'm going to say that again. 40 million saw this. I'll read it to you. All right. I'll read this to you. On Monday, a former employee accused, accused, basically what happened here was somebody didn't want to work. Somebody's like, well, we make less than $50,000. Well, we work 16, 18 hour days. And you're like, all right, so what? I did that when I was a freaking uh, guy making no money. I'm trying to find it here. But that's what was said. So a former NBA employee gets on the Twitter account. And basically says, NBA, you suck. You're abusing us. I don't like you. I don't like anything about you. It's You're off. You're horrible. All right, let's read. Let me see if I can get this up here. How do I log out of this? Haven't worked here in weeks. Anyway, the NBA overextends its social media employees greatly to the detriment of their health and social lives for a salary of less than $50,000. This is on the NBA social media site. I work 14-hour shifts without breaks in time. Shout out Adam Silver. We don't get health insurance until 90 days on the job. That's silly, isn't it? Glad I resigned. No need for a job to get in the way of your happiness. Donate to your mental health causes. Now, look, I got to tell you, this person is being seen as a hero. I think this person is a whiny little batch. I do. I mean, you can whine, but you're given a job in the NBA. You're given a job to do what? Post memes? You're getting health insurance to do what? What are you getting health insurance to do? Post me? What? Oh, my God, look at him jump so high. Oh, my God, look at him run. Oh, my God, look at this. Oh, my God, look at that. Yeah, I think the person that posted this is a complete punk. I do. 
Don't work. Don't work. You don't want to work? Don't work. 50 grand. Hell, I didn't make 50 grand until I was a full-time assistant at Indiana. Basketball assistant. Low pay, punishing work hours, inadequate benefits, they're saying. Really? Average American makes $31,000. So let's say you made $49,000. You said under 50 health benefits. Well, 14-hour days to do what? Watch NBA games? Try to tell that you're try to tell that to my Uncle Jerry, who spent 41 years in a steel mill. Try to tell that to a bunch of my friends that grew up working in steel mills. But hey, some little whiny, yeah, don't let a job get in the way of your happiness. Okay, so how are you paying for stuff? And then, of course, you go to the mental health, and it's all crap. It's complete crap. It's complete and total crap. So screw you, NBA employee. Hey, last one, the rough week award. Yankees lost nine in a row. They lost nine in a row, and then yesterday, I guess they won nine to one, as for the first time, I think, in his career. What's his face? Aaron Judge had three home runs in a game. How about that? That's pretty good. Three home runs in a game. Are you kidding me? For Aaron Judge, finally, they got off the schneid and won nine to one after a nine-game losing streak. The worst losing streak in the Yankees since 1982, I believe, 41 years. Hard to believe that's 41 years. 1982, uh, in the spring, I was getting ready for my sophomore season at Indiana. If it was in the fall of 80, excuse me, if it was in the spring of 82, I was completing my freshman year at Indiana. If it was in the fall, I was starting my sophomore year. So the Yankees ended up getting a win. Brian Cashman got an extension. Yankee fans are pissed, and the world continues to spin. All right, when we come back, man, Michael Orr ain't stopping. He is not stopping on the twoies. We'll be right back. And Brittany Mahomes. Hey, Brittany Mahomes. She's going to stop being around terrible people, horrible people. Be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. It just gets nastier and nastier. No, I'm not talking about Northwestern football. I'm talking about Michael Orr and the Tuies. This is a 19-year-old, 16-year-old. Allegations are just flying. I got to tell you, this thing, I'm not sure I really care. It feels like rich people arguing over stuff. You know what I mean? So here's the latest. So Michael Orr is now saying, and I guess this is a bombshell. I don't know. I read it, and I thought, oh, okay. Uh, Michael Orr is now saying that the two, he's never showed any accounting. They never showed where the money was, where the money came from. And that Michael Orr has no knowledge, not zero of the income generated by the use of his name, image, and of course his likeness. He claims he never gave the two, he's the permission to use his identity to enrich themselves at his expense. Now that's interesting wording right there. Did you give yourself, did you give them permission to, oh, I don't know, use your name, image, and likeness? That's one thing. Did you give yourself permission to enrich themselves at the expense of you? That's a total other thing, right? I mean, that's just, that, that, the wording on that is interesting because nobody would ever give anybody permission to use your name, image, and likeness to enrich themselves at the expense of you. Like, who's ever doing that? Hey, Jimmy, what do you want? Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to use my stuff to enrich yourself and not give me nothing, but you want to use me? Sure, go ahead. I'll sign those. 
Nobody ever does that. So that wording is fascinating to me, but that's the key here. That's the key here. Michael Orr is saying, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what is continuing to happen. And I'm not happy about it. And I, hey, look, if Orr feels that way, I don't care. But I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, you can get mad at me. But I feel like I kind of sort of maybe feel like Michael Orr is doing this as a little bit of a shakedown. I don't know why. And I, 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 I'm not saying I'm right. But it feels to me like we're selling a book. And who the hell is going to read the book? The story's already out there, right? You're selling a book. I don't know if you got money. I don't know. You made $34 million in the NFL. Half of that goes to taxes. We've talked about this many times. Feels like a shakedown. We'll see what happens. But the latest is, hey, look, you gave me nothing. You did not have any accounting. There is nothing on the books. And I'm saying that you gave me nothing for my name, image, and likeness, period. And this is over 16 years when you had many opportunities, he is saying, to show the books they didn't do it. The books are important. I just love the books, right? The books is like they. You know, they say, well, show me the books. I got to see the books. Speaking of the books, Lindsay Horan is a United States women's soccer player. She's very good. She admitted that they weren't fully prepared for World Cup play. Now, they all bitch, whined, and moaned. And this is what happens with me with Indiana athletics, Indiana basketball. I'm like, yeah, Indiana basketball, blah, 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 blah. Then they stinks. Then it comes out that, well, that we didn't do this, that, or the other. Lindsay Rand said, I could talk about the last four-year cycle, and we don't need to get into every single thing, but that's not what we did. We did not get the best out of every single individual. I don't think everyone was fully prepared, and that's on us as well. See, that's the interesting thing about this. Everybody wants to blame the coach, and of course the coach had to resign. And You know, Megan Rapino will not be at all by legacy media blamed or criticized, even though her kick looked like, honest to God, a third-grade little boy, and it was a that's an insult to third-grade boys. But Horan also said when a coach comes in, it's like, hey, how do we get the best out of every single individual player, putting the most simplicity into a 10-day camp every few months and getting the best out of your team without overcomplicating? Yes, I could talk about the last four-year cycles, and then that's what she says. You know, we all knew. I mean, it's not even a big deal. And, you know, the truth of the matter is maybe this is good for U.S. women's national team. Maybe this is good. We're still talking about a totally irrelevant team. Look, teams are relevant when they win. Teams are irrelevant when they lose. That's just the way the world works. It didn't used to be that way for me, but it is that way for me now. But we're still talking. So good for them, I guess. But look, we knew. She's basically saying Megan Rapinoe's full of shit. Oops, excuse my language. Nah, don't worry about my language. All right, Sam Williams. Sam Williams was a pain in the backside in college. Sam Williams is now with the Dallas Cowboys. Sam Williams got in trouble again, this guy, this genius. Every day it's something with an NFL player. Every day. I don't care what day. That does not matter to me. Every day it's something. All right, I'm going to let Jerry Jones explain Sam Williams and why, even though he got arrested, Maybe he's a better dude than he was a year ago. Let's hear from Jerry Jones. Last year he drives 100 miles an hour and has a wreck, you know, in this, I mean, 
how do you conjugate all of that? How, how do you balance those things? Well, uh, first of all, I'm saying that he is, as, which is more often the case than not, uh, this sounds a little hollow, but he does and is uh, maturing. Uh, and he is. Uh, the, uh, uh, what was he going, 66? Was he going 66 miles an hour? Last year? No, this year. So he's 34 miles an hour less than this year than he was last year. 98 to 66. So that's improvement. There you go. I, I actually, I got to tell you, Sam Williams was charged with unlawfully carrying a weapon. And you all know what else? Weed. A controlled substance. The weapons charge is a misdemeanor. The drug charge, a low-level felony. He also had an arrest for reckless driving, and that's what he is, Jerry Jones, is referring to. Plano police said Williams was driving. He got a wreck. This is back in December of 2022, and they said he was driving 98 in a 55 speed zone. So, Jerry Jones said he's 34 miles an hour less this year. Last year, he was driving 98. This year, he's driving 66. That's improvement. We'll keep working. We'll get it down. All right, well, what about the drug charge? He also said, I don't impact this, impacting his time on the field. I do have all the details. There's some lessons to be learned in there for everyone. And you know what's coming next, ladies and gentlemen. So we got the arrest back in December. You know what's coming next. In 2020, Williams was suspended at the University of Mississippi on sexual battery. It's always the same people. It's always, it's, oh, this is my first time. No, it's your third time, genius. It's your third time. Sexual battery going a billion miles an hour and now going a billion miles an hour with weed and a gun. And Jerry Jones is like, eh, I'll be on the field. Eh, eh. You know, Jerry Jones wants to win, damn it. He wants to win. And he don't care what you do. You know, this is the team that famously had the White House, not because it was the White House. It was because it was where they all went and did cope without their wives or significant others knowing. It's what they did. The White House. Man, I got to tell you, I hope we have this. I think we do. My man Vivek, my man Vivek said, I felt like I was talking to a petulant teenager. I saw this interview. Look at this. CNN interviewing uh, Vivek, my summary. Why do you say 9-11 was an inside job? I said this. Here's a video of you not saying it from CNN. Not saying. What do you have to say for yourself now? You conspiracy theorist, the video you play doesn't show me saying anything like that. And I never said it, nor did I ever believe. It's awesome. It, this is an awesome exchange. Scott Ant, Scott Adams uh, made this exchange on Twitter, and it's awesome. I saw this interview, and it's legitimately the dumbest interview I have seen in a long time. Non-sports division. Like, what is wrong with people? What is wrong? Can, do we have the video? Can we go to the video? You recently said that to protect Taiwan, you would do this. 
guess what? We'll put a gun in every Taiwanese household, train them how to use it. That is how you make Xi Jinping think twice. Do you really think that would be a sufficient plan to deter a Chinese invasion if it includes long-range missiles, ground troops, an aerial blockade, a naval blockade? Caitlin. I mean, all of Caitlin, the different measures Caitlin, here. Caitlin, Caitlin, of course it's not sufficient. You take that tiny little clip. When I've articulated it at the Nixon Library last week, a one-hour speech with a whole range of deterrence. Caitlin Collins is an idiot. Like, I don't know who Caitlin Collins is, but she's a stone idiot. When you watch her interviews, it's like, he's right. Uh, hilarious interview with a pet, petulant child. Speaking the hard truth to a female anchor isn't mansplaining. It's the exact same treatment I gave to Don Lemon. I believe in equal opportunity for all media dishonesty. Watch CNN's hilarious artificial clipping of my Taiwanese defense plan last night, when in fact I offered the most detailed deterrence plan of any candidate in either party. I didn't let the fake media get away with it. Fake politicians be where, of course, now he's mansplaining. Good, mansplaining. Hey, sometimes people need to be explained to. And I don't care if you're a man or a woman doing the explaining. But Caitlin Collins is a stone idiot. I mean, she is an idiot. And I love watching her interviews because she's legitimately the dumbest of the dumb. And I know that's bad, right? I know. Well, you can't say that. Why can't I say that? Uh, I just said it. I mean, I'm watching her interviews with people, and it is absolute hilarity. And he's right. She acts like a petulant child. And good for Wamaswamy for calling her out. That's mansplaining, says the biggins with purple hair. You're being overaggressive, says the biggins with purple hair. I can't believe you said that, said the biggins with purple hair. No, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. Uh, sometimes when you're on TV and you're sitting there with an idiot, you just got to call the idiot out. And if that's mansplaining, you know what? God bless you. God bless you. I mean, it just, it, it's, I love it. And every time now, I'm going to start watching Caitlin Collins because it's high comedy. It's theater. It's like the little, you know, the, the, the station that you have on a college campus. And there's the guy and the girl that are the anchors and they're trying to learn how to be anchors. That's Caitlin Collins. What do you think about this? And he just rips her, just destroys her. It's good. No, it's really, 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 really good. Um, Brittany, Brittany, bitch, but not that Brittany. Brittany Mahomes, wife of Patrick, says that I'm changing social media habits to avoid horrible people. Just horrible people. Horrible, horrible, horrible. It's Brittany, bitch. I just like saying that, okay? I, I just do. I, I just like, I don't know. It makes me feel good. Like, Patrick Mahomes is one of the coolest dudes around, that outfit notwithstanding. That outfit makes him look like his brother, Jackson, America's biggest nonviolent crime division, social media D-bag. But Brittany bitch is mad because, well, people are angry. People are angry. Don't at me, people. You guys get angry. On social media, I'm changing my habits. Good for you, man. I mean, let me explain something to you. Then this is the problem you always have. 
when you get a coach or when you get a player, then nowadays you get all of it. You get the family. You get the family. You get the brother. You get the sister. When you get a coach, uh, you get the former players. Like we had to listen to the greatness of Marquette players when Tom Crean was the coach at Indiana. The greatness of, oh, okay, everybody's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. But Brittany is sharing less on social media, and she should. Like, look, guy like me, hey, look, social media drives us, you know, that kind of thing. So you got to post stuff, right? You do. You got to post. But Brittany, bitch, I just like saying it. I'm not calling her that. It's just, I just like it. Um, anyway, she's not going to be missing in action. She's still going to post workouts and family content from time to time. We all need a social media cleanse. I'm going on one starting now or starting after the show. So the only thing, I'm, the only thing that I'm uh, going to post is show stuff. That's it. A few ads here and there. I'm joining Brittany, damn it. Me and Brittany, baby. And if I can get Jackson involved in that, then I, oh, it would be so cool just to have the whole Mahomes family, wouldn't it? No, get them the hell away from me. Get everybody, get these people away from me. Um, news of the day, news of the day, um, got to tell you, did he change your mind? Did anybody last night make you change your mind? Did anybody enhance themselves? My answer, no. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, though. Vivek Ramaswamy showed himself to be a candidate that these other guys respect, maybe even fear, because they came right out and attacked him. They did. What does that tell you? I tell you he's a legit guy. Mike Pence, plastic, reading prepared statements, their own little talking points, ridiculous. Like Mike Pence has had a, I mean, if you really look at it, he's had a great career. I mean, vice president of the United States makes him the second most powerful person in the free world. Governor of the great state of Indiana. I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing. But I got to tell you, when you're trying to run for this office, plastic ain't getting it done. When you're trying to run for this particular office, reading from a script ain't getting it done, trying to be an old school 70s, 80s politician and doing all this stuff. While you read, it just doesn't get it done. It doesn't. You got to be real in this day and age. With Trump taught us one thing, it's you got to be real. Now, Joe Biden and the election and all that kind of stuff, hey, look, he did what he, he's the president. But in this next circle, in this next sphere, you got to be real. You just do. And I looked at Christie and I looked at, at Pence and I'm like, this not real enough. I thought Nikki Haley, terrific. I thought Vivek, terrific. I thought DeSantis, terrific. I like Tim Scott. I want to hear more from Tim Scott. Got a little preachy. But, of course, the line of the night came from Nikki Haley via Margaret Thatcher. If you want to talk about it, ask a man. If you want to get it done, ask a woman. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is reflected in my own marriage. I talk about it, and I was talking about where to move stuff to do this show in this hotel room. Next thing you know, Lee had a lamp over here, a lamp over there. He's got a table moved, and I'm still talking. 
That's the way the world works. And I, ladies and gentlemen, I raise my right hand and I say, I am good with a woman as president. No problem. And in fact, it might be time, but it cannot be Kamala Harris. That's the way I look at it. All right. We got woke and dope, ladies and gentlemen. We are woking and we are doping. What's first here, Dylan and Nick and Nick too and uh, Ryan? Holy smokes, Batman. It's the nibbler. God. Lee, what do you think about, I need to talk loudly. Would you ever have your little kid around Joe Biden no. when he's doing that nibbling? Hey, look, you want to do that to your daughter? Great. When she's little. You want to do that to your son? Great. You know, dad's, you know, okay, fine. But not somebody else's. The nibbler. Sleepy Joe stars as the nibbler. Look at that face on me. That's just gross. Look at the face on the nibbler, bottom left. It's a combination of the Joker and the Nibbler. Holy smokes, Batman. It's the Nibbler. By the way, like and subscribe. Not enough likes here on the YouTube chat. All right, what's next? Oh, man. Oh, Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, Smokey. You know, I don't think when that movie came out, Smokey and the Bandit, that they ever thought crack was going to be Smokey. And I don't think they ever thought the president was going to be the bandit. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We got all smoky, bad teeth, Hunter Biden and crazy Joe. Look at crazy Joe trying to look like a badass. We should do a show or at least a compilation of a show of all Joe Biden stuff. Like when he tried to throw hands or he acted like he wanted to throw hands with the factory worker. I don't work for you. Who do you work for, Joe? Uh, Joe Gutierrez says, Joe, the creepy nibbler. Yeah. Yeah. Smokey and the bandit. How is that guy out of jail? Would you be out of jail? Let me ask you a question. Somebody brought this up last night in our dinner. If you even had those pictures of you with a hooker waving around a gun as a, as a, uh, drug addict, you'd be in jail just for that. Jeez. All right. What's next? The sniffler. Show the creepy nibbler. I've been selling my soul, sleeping all day, forget where I am so I can take your tax dollars away. Smart guys know north of you know the thing. Oh, I love it. See, uh, the guys that are north and making all the money, the guys, the rich men from Richmond, Awesome. But here's the deal. Yo, 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 hit that like button. You're right. But here's the deal. It ain't changing. It ain't changing. Like, there's nothing anybody is going to do to change Joe Biden's antics. There's nothing anybody's going to say. It's going to stay the same. What could change is whether or not it becomes a public outcry. You know, sites like ours lead the charge. But it's still stunning to me, shocking to me, really, how you have all this stuff, all this evidence, and, quote, respected journalists don't touch it. And you're starting to see through this song, 
and through the variety of songs that, you know what, people, real people, I guess, if that's what you want to call us, are fed up. We'll support things that are right. We'll support songs. We'll support a boycott. And when will the legacy media start understanding that it's okay? Like, does George Soros own all of them? Like, is it like we can't ever give in? We're so far left that we can never give in to any truths. We can't give in to the truth because we're bought and paid for. Is that what it really is? Because it sure seems like it. It does. It sure seems like everybody, everything, including our media, is bought and paid for. Because, frankly, you don't even hear the slightest criticism. Like Jake Tapper the other day actually said, hey, Trump was right. Like, well, really? But you don't see it anywhere else. You don't. You don't see it anywhere else. And it's stunning. So, but, and I'm going to go back to the debates. Vivek Ramaswamy said, I'm the only guy up here that isn't bought and paid for. And that could go. That could be something. But you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to prove. And if I was his people, and I am not, but I know his guy follows me, his campaign manager, I would make that my number one thing. I'm going to prove how everybody up here is bought and paid for, and I'm also going to show how I am not. And if he does that, then his campaign will really take off. His campaign is great. I mean, his campaign, if you're paying attention, is interesting. He's smart. His ideas are good, all this kind of stuff. But there has to be a moment where your campaign takes off. And I swear to you, if Ramaswamy can show, can show that he can be clean, and he is clean, and everybody else isn't, and show it, you got a chance. You got a real chance. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, I, ladies and gentlemen, and the lovely Lee Ross, are going to make our way back to Indianapolis. Indianapolis not the same when we're out of town. We came to you live today from the Talbert Hotel, which is right off of Rush Street. What streets is on, Lee? You remember? Dearborn. Dearborn. Yeah, nice hotel. So if you're ever thinking of going up to Chicago, I'll give you two hotel suggestions. One, the Thompson. Thompson's awesome. Thompson's right across the street from the Viagra Triangle. And one is the Talbert, where we're staying right now. But we're going to make our way back to Indianapolis. I hope you all have a great day. I can't thank Dylan and Nick and Nick too and Ryan for all of the good stuff that you give us every day. We got a nice team here. And I also want to say thank you all. A lot of you are here every day. A lot of here, you guys get here early. You show up on the YouTube chat. You're funny as hell. I don't get to it all the time, but don't think I'm not watching and I'm not very, very appreciative. So if you don't mind, retweet Put our stuff out there as we continue to want to make common sense grow in this country. It's time common sense grew instead of got pushed on the side. And that's what OutKick is about. It is. It's what we're all about at OutKick. It's just common sense. You know, I get it. Well, a bunch of white guys, a bunch of white guys, white, white, anybody can, anybody's free to have common sense. We're all in on all of it. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Hey, if you're on I-65 this afternoon, Get in the right lane. If you're heading south, coming from uh, Merrillville, you know, that area, because that's where I get on in Gary, Merrillville. 
Just get in the right lane. Stay on the left lane. That's for me. We'll see you.